This is Make It Kind. Make It Kind. M I P. With Masamela Mark Thompson. Make It Kind. Get woke. In February, our economy created a hundred thousand more jobs than had we previously had thought. That means that over the last three months, the economy has created more than a half million, more than five hundred thousand jobs a month. Over the course of my presidency, our recovery has now created 7.9 million jobs. More jobs created over the first 14 months of any presidency in any term ever. And that's striking. But what's even more striking is this. In March, the unemployment rate fell to 3.6%, down from 6.4% when I took office about 15 months ago. The fastest decline in unemployment to start a president's term ever recorded. In fact, there have been only three months in the last 50 years where the uh, unemployment rate in America is lower than it is now. And that means what it means is clear, what is very clear. America are back to work. And that's good news for millions of families who have a little more breathing room and the, and the dignity that comes from earning a paycheck, just the dignity of having a job. God bless you. Of course, Joe Biden talking about the March jobs report and you all heard the conversation. Hopefully, if you haven't, be sure to go back and download it. The conversation we had, as usual, with Chad Stone to start off uh, this month or to talk about what happened in March. Uh, Chad was with us just yesterday here on Make It Plain. So it would appear that people are going back to work. It would appear that that something is happening, but there is still a ways to go. Before I go further on that, though, let me also just express my concern and prayer for those who are the victims of the New York City subway shooting. We're still waiting to find out all the details. And this is truly a tragedy uh, for all concerned and. Again, we're still dealing with an epidemic level of gun violence. I know there are those who want to ascribe that to one community. And let's face it, that's the community that looks like me. And I guess many of you. Uh, From all we can tell, though, the individual involved in this incident obviously has uh, some severe mental health issues. But that's that's no excuse. Um, We there will always be mental illness because there always will be illness people get sick people have problems people are unwell particularly in a country that doesn't still does not have an adequate enough health care system to address the challenges that people face but be that as it may the solution is to do something about guns and we'll get into that in the days and weeks to come um, speaking of employment we don't know how much the suspect the person that they consider as the prime suspect, we don't know what his employment situation was. And if you already are mentally ill and there is an issue of employment or unemployment, that only exacerbates the situation that you will often find yourself in. So having said that, it's important to focus on jobs. And while there is some semblance of a recovery It's important to note that as far as black women are concerned, 
black women still have the largest remaining job losses. Again, you can listen to what Chad had to say on yesterday's broadcast of Make It Plain. But the gap for black women workers has not closed as as rapidly. In fact, it is it is a gap that remains rather high. And second only to black women or white women, uh, even his the, the gap of Hispanic women has closed between February of 2020, when this whole pandemic kicked off up to through March 2022. Um, Hispanic women's unemployment has gone up 0.8 percent. Asian women's unemployment. I'm sorry. Let me start over. Hispanic women's employment has gone up 0.8 percent. Asian women's employment has gone up 3.1 percent. But black women's employment is still at a negative 2 percent. White women still at a negative 1.6 percent. What is what is going on? I have to also mention that I attended the memorial service for our friend, our, our former frequent guest, practically co-host, Eric Boulder. As those of you who have not heard, passed away tragically Monday, April 11th in an accident. And we pray for Eric and his family. God bless his soul. Soledad O'Brien said some very stirring words and how it's our duty to keep Eric's spirit and memory alive and what and the work he was doing alive. What was one of the things we talked with Eric about recently? How the Beltway media is so fixated on inflation. And don't get me wrong, inflation is a bad thing, but no, no real coverage of the recovery. And, and we've talked about here even on this show how when you have a speedy recovery, there's bound to be some degree of inflation. And so that's what we're dealing with right now. So we're going to have a conversation today with Bharat Ramamurti of the National Economic Council. I asked him about some of these issues, about black women's unemployment, about the fixation on inflation and I mean this fixation is is pretty real <laughs> it, it just does not seem to want to uh, subside and of course it, the most prominent of places where it won't subside is Fox News you know we would normally Maria historically be celebrating the fact that average hourly earnings over the past 12 months are up 5.6 percent that's great for the average American worker if it weren't for inflation right. at 7.9 percent right. so everything more that the american worker is earning is getting wiped out by the high price of just about everything and maria you dig into the, all That's of right. this and now you see the answer to these sky high gas prices to tap the strategic petroleum reserve and we all know that is putting band-aid on a problem even just in the most recent releases we've only seen prices continue to go up after the release of those reserves so what that's Fox News, obviously. More MIP right after this. So we'll hear what Bharat Ramamurti of the President's National Economic Council has to say about jobs and inflation right now. Joining us now from the National Economic Council, Bharat Ramamurti, 
Barat, how are you, sir? I'm doing very well. Thank you. Did I pronounce your name correctly? That was great. Barat rhymes with Barack. Did your parents plan that? <laughs> uh, believe me, I've heard that one before. Uh, and uh, no, I, I can't say that they did, but uh, but I'm very glad to have the association. Well, so, but now I just realized I was looking a little bit of your, your bio. So we have an issue. White House keeps sending me people like you, like Marty Walsh from Boston. You were an intern for the Red Sox. That's I, right. I am a Yankee fan, but I live literally across the street from Yankee Stadium. That's my second home. So, you know, I, I'm going to try to be polite here, but, you know, I don't know what's up with all these Boston people in this administration, these Red Sox. We're, we're everywhere. And uh, but I got to say that uh, that Secretary Walsh has a has a slightly better Boston accent than I do. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, <laughs> pleasure to have you. So jobs numbers generally look better. The White House, the administration is citing some improvement as well when it comes to African-American unemployment, correct? That's right. We're seeing improvement uh, on both those numbers. And, and so it tells me about, about what we're seeing and uh, what that improvement means. Sure. So you look back to the, the, the day before the president took office, the unemployment rate overall was about six and a half percent. Uh, and now it's down to 3.6%. So that is a, uh, a, a tremendous drop in just uh, a little bit over a year. Uh, the African-American unemployment rate was uh, about 9% uh, before the president took over, has dropped to about 6% now. So we're seeing progress on both metrics. The African-American unemployment rate remains higher than the overall unemployment rate, unfortunately. That's something historically that we have seen. It's not acceptable. It's something that the president and the administration is really focused on, uh, trying to narrow that gap, eliminate that gap. Uh, and we've got more work to do on that. But it's still good news overall that we've seen such a sharp drop in just about a year. Question for you. Everyone is doing better. Uh, obviously, the African-American employment rate is improving. But in, in when we break down the categories according to race and gender, Black women are still the cat in the category of those lagging furthest behind. Black men are outpacing Black women in terms of recovery. Do we know what's going on with Black women and why that is, Barat? Well, I think it, it in part reflects that uh, women overall have seen a little bit of a slower recovery uh, coming out of the pandemic. And I think that translates to the differential between Black women and Black men that you mentioned. Part of that is um, uh, childcare. Uh, look, not not a, not every family is uh, are women the primary uh, uh, childcare responsibility, but um, the lack of affordable, reliable childcare options has been a deterrent for a lot of women re-entering the workforce. Um, and uh, it, you know, it's frankly, it's hard to to commit to five day a week, forty hour a week job uh, if you know, your, your daycare may be closed a couple of days a week because of a COVID issue or because uh, the number of childcare options in your area have narrowed and the prices that for the places that remain is so high that it may not make sense financially to go back to work and work those hours. So that's a real issue that we've been trying to address for over a year now. The president's proposal called for, uh, number one, uh, raising the wages of childcare workers, making that a more appealing job for folks. And number two, 
uh, capping the amount that families have to spend on childcare at 7% of their income, uh, which for many, many families represents thousands and thousands of dollars in savings and makes it um, a much more affordable proposition uh, to use childcare. And if you choose to, to go back uh, into the workforce. Yeah, yeah. No, that, that's, that's an important point to consider. I uh, was just saying to another guest that as good as these jobs numbers are for the president, any president, um, I mean, a president should take credit for good jobs numbers. Um, but it seems the media wants to focus more on gas and inflation. So as a member of the National Economic Council, reconcile that, you know, I, I think that's unfortunately overshadowing um, the jobs numbers. Messaging is the thing, man. It's all about the messaging. So g- give us the message. What what do we say to people? Um, how do we reconcile the two? Look, I don't want to diminish the impact that gas prices, that grocery store prices have on families. I mean, you know, if if it costs an extra five or ten dollars each time you fill up your tank, that is meaningful. If the grocery store bill is 10 or 15 percent higher than it used to be, that that's meaningful. I don't I don't want to diminish that. But it's also important to put this in context. Number one. Uh, this is not a U.S. only problem. Almost every developed country, uh, economy in the world is looking at record high inflation, and it relates to uh, uh, reemerging from the pandemic. Uh, and now on top of that, you have uh, Putin's war in Ukraine that is uh, creating more upward pressure on gas prices and on food prices. Uh, we, have to, we have to deal with that. But it's also important to recognize that um, If you look at wages, wages have been up uh, across the board, but particularly up for uh, lower income folks, folks who work in leisure and hospitality, work at warehouses and so on. You look at the data, wages are up, you know, in some cases more than 10% in one year. Uh, And even with higher costs, those families are still coming out ahead. Uh, And then on top of that, you have to add in that uh, the president through the American Rescue Plan last year, uh, gave uh, that there were checks for families, direct government support for uh, 90% of households in this country. There were tax cuts for uh, chil- uh, parents with young children, significant tax cuts. When you put all of that together, uh, a lot of families, especially those at the lower and middle part of the, of the income spectrum, have come out ahead, even with these higher prices. So uh, that's the full story here. It's not all 100% good, but it's certainly not 100% bad either. And folks, remind everybody what it could have been if, if other folk were still around. <laughs> so let's just be clear about that now. Uh, and I and, and I can even say that objectively. Even I, I know I'm partisan, but objectively speaking, y'all, you know the other the other direction this could have gone in. Um, Barat, we appreciate you spending our time spending time with Barat Ramamurti. Folks, just want to let you know Barat was the uh, senior counsel uh, for the Banking and Economic Policy Committee in the Senate, serving in the office of Senator Elizabeth Warren, was her economic policy advisor during her campaign. And he was appointed by uh, Chuck Schumer uh, to serve the Senate as well. When COVID first uh, happened, he served on the COVID-19 Congressional Oversight Committee. So he knows of what he speaks. Bharat Ramamurti joining us here talking about these jobs numbers. They're better, still a ways to go, but we're we're climbing out. Wait, before I go, real quick, the 
how much anxiety should we have about lingering anxiety of this other variant and what the fall might be? Because, I mean, everybody's going back. Everybody's feeling kind of good, but it's still like, are we really yeah. clear? I mean, look, we have to be vigilant about uh, and realistic that there, there is a possibility. That's one of the main reasons why the president has been pushing hard for Congress to offer up additional funding so that we are prepared for that. Money for uh, monitoring the rise of these variants in the United States and in other countries. Money for the government to go ahead and buy a stockpile of some of these pills that you may have heard about, where if you get a positive COVID result, you take these pills, the, the outcomes are very good if you, if you can take them, start taking them quickly. Uh, money for more vaccine purchases, just common sense stuff so that we're not caught unprepared. Um, we, we obviously case counts are coming down, hospitalization uh, numbers are coming down. All of that is very good news, but we, it would be very short-sighted to not uh, take the steps that we know we need to take to be prepared in case things turn. And, uh, and, and we hope Congress delivers on that. Barat Ramamurthy, National Economic Council. Thank you for joining us, Barat. Thank you very much, and go Sox. <laughs> See, why it's, we were good, bro. We had made up. We were making progress. We were on the same, and you go there. Thanks for getting woke and listening to Make It Plain. As always, perform an act of kindness on behalf of an elder or young person. Write a letter to a sister brother who just so happens to find her or himself incarcerated. Offer libations to the ancestors upon whose sturdy shoulders we all now stand, and above all, Give thanks to the God of your understanding by whatever name you call her and him. All God asks of us is that we give each other love. Thanks for giving MIP love. And please remember to subscribe and give us a five-star rating. If all hearts and minds are clear, it has been made plain.